Don Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mr. Blake's a handful, and so, and you know, whether they're posting at the elbow, whether they're posting at the block, whether he's up at the top, he's a handful, and so we're small. Knowing we didn't have Baines tonight, we knew that we were mostly going to have to play small on him or Drummond. And um, so we just tried to be very active around those guys. You know, that's a that's got to be a team effort to guard guys like that. And Jalen did a great job, but you got to have everybody engaged because when they don't have the ball, you better be alert to where their next move is. Well, leave it to Brad Stevens. I guess you can just stop Blake Griffin and maybe stop the Pistons. What's happening? Welcome to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, your episode for Monday, October 29th. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons a sports writer here in the Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thank you for the listen, and uh, keep spreading the word for me. Really appreciate you guys doing this as the season is hitting full gear here now as week three gets ready as we go into it right now. But today we're going to talk about the Pistons' loss on Saturday night to the Boston Celtics, talk about what the Celtics did to get Blake Griffin out of rhythm after his Great start to the season in the first four games and then a disappointing night on Saturday night. We're also going to talk about Tyron Lue getting canned on Sunday. I have some thoughts on that. We will be skipping Andre Drummond's Twitter issues from Friday. Uh, I honestly scan the news on it and don't really care enough to get any deeper into it. But, hey, if I'm missing out, let me know. Uh, There's a lot of things on Twitter, and most of the best of them, the things on Twitter, are are from my accounts. So definitely give those a follow, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also, the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account. And give us a like on Facebook as well. Um, The Lockdown Pistons dash Matt Shook account is right there as well. But is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now here on Lockdown Pistons as podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their favorite podcast. Our demo, you folks listening, most likely you're a 98% chance of being a male with uh, more education and earning power than your traditional media audiences. So have your company sponsor Lockdown Pistons. Give me an email at matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. Got some nice packages available now as the season get started here but like as we mentioned the Pistons fall 109 to 89 to the Boston Celtics falling to four and one on the season after getting those wins in the first four games but on Saturday night just a thorough beatdown against the prohibitive favorites in the Eastern Conference and my pick for the NBA champions this year at the beginning of the week though I said if for the Pistons the goals for the week were to take care of business against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home on Friday and then find a way to beat either Boston or or Philly. So they did it. So I will say it again this week. Take care of business against the Brooklyn Nets on the road on Wednesday, second of a back-to-back, and find a way to either beat Boston or Philly. Do it again. And of course, it's a much taller task as all of these games are on the road this week. So the Pistons challenged the gauntlet that I laid down for them this week a little bit tougher. And we will see if Dwayne Casey and the boys are up to the challenge in week three as it gets started here on the NBA schedule. But back to Saturday, not a whole lot to pass along that's that exciting stats-wise. And I know Monday morning here we're a little bit removed from that game Saturday night, but I was there for the Associated Press courtside again for the third straight game. 
Andre Drummond had 18 and 8. Well, I say courtside. I'm on the baseline, by the way, just in case you see the pictures on Twitter. Baseline. I, I consider that courtside. It's still still courtside, but not the traditional uh, scorer's table like you might think of courtside or, you know, the Tom Gore's owner seats on the other side courtside. Anyway, Andre Drummond, 18 points and 8 rebounds in the loss. He played pretty well. Started really well. Had some foul trouble early. Had to get yanked with two fouls a few minutes into the game. And he also had his way inside late. After the outcome, the game was already decided. But maybe it's a good omen for Tuesday night that Dre got off a little bit on Boston. It's the team that he came into the game and still, uh, even after the game, uh, has the highest scoring average in his career against the Boston Celtics, higher than any other team in the league. He was at 17.1 points per game going in and uh, increased that by a little bit with the 18-point effort on Saturday. Stanley Johnson had a season-high 16 points. And his uh, points didn't come in garbage time. They were right when the game was still in uh, in question. Many in the first quarter. He had 13, 11 points in the first quarter. And then another bucket right at the beginning of the second quarter. So he actually broke his season high for an entire game in the first quarter of Saturday's game. Which probably says more about his uh, season coming into Saturday. But also, you know, maybe a good sign for Stanley Johnson's confidence and offense going forward. So, But from three, the, ba- the bad news. And there was a lot of bad news for the Pistons on Saturday. 7 of 37 from three-point land for 18.9% overall, which if you're scoring at home, or even if you're alone, uh, not very good. That's one of my favorite old-school baseball radio jokes. If you're scoring at home, or even if you're alone, think about it. Um, Celtics, uh, by the way, contrasting that, 14 of 34 for 41.2% for the Celtics in this one. A team that had struggled early on from three-point range throughout the season, but uh, the Pistons... Uh, and the Little Caesars Arena was able to remedy that for one night with the Celtics. But we will see up close and personal if that continues uh, going forward in the immediate future for the Celtics and the Pistons, by the way. For the season, the Pistons now, we've talked about the three-point numbers a bunch last year and in the offseason with Dwayne Casey coming on board, the shot spectrum talk. The Pistons, as we remember, were middle of the pack in attempts last year, 16th in the NBA, and then were the fifth Rated team and percentage-wise for three-pointers. Uh, 16th in the NBA at 28.9. Uh, three-pointers attempted per game. And 5th in the NBA at 37.3% uh, proficiency-wise for the season. Now, again, five games in the season, way too small of a sample size to make big-time sweeping conclusions. But, but I want to keep us updated as we go on through the season. I don't know if if uh, 15's your bag for making some sort of conclusions about how the first you know, part of the season's going in terms of those numbers and those goals. But certainly five games is not enough. But, um, you know, we're approaching getting maybe halfway, a third of the way there of, of getting a legitimate sample size to see how these three-point attempts are going. By the way, right now, 15th in attempts in the NBA and tied for 21st in percentage. So they moved up from 16th to 15th in attempts under Dwayne Casey in his first year and right now moved down from number 5 to number 21 in percentage made. Again, early in the season, and really if you're Dwayne Casey, percentage-wise, there are things you can do as a coach to get your team's three-point percentage up, but most of it, as we know, comes down to guys making or missing shots. Attempts now, as a coach, you you can do a lot to change that. And the attempts have gone up. They've gone up from 28.9 attempts per game last season under Stan Van Gundy to, so far through the season, 32.4 attempts per game. So up uh, what is that? Uh, 3.5 attempts per game, but still dropped one spot. I'm sorry, it moved up just one spot in the NBA. So that what does that tell you? Well, there's a lot of teams out there following the lead of the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets and, and the Brooklyn Nets also 
a team the Pistons will see this week that throws up a lot of threes as well. So the NBA is moving that way. We knew that, but it's been fairly dramatic so far this season. We've got Milwaukee Bucks as a team who are probably near the very bottom, who are going to be now near the very top with Mike Budenholzer moving in there and, and doing some things. So you're taking a lot of the teams whose coaches got fired, uh, the Stan Van Gundys of the world, who were maybe a middling team as far as attempts and, and, and hopefully changing, increasing those attempts. So you got to move up a lot to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And, well, again, a story we'll keep an eye on as the season goes on. Um, so the Pistons shooting a little bit more, but uh, so is everyone in the NBA, but uh, 33.3% is the uh, the percentage, so right exactly at one-third, tied for 21st in the league, so have moved down from 373 to 33.3. So moved to down four percentage points so far. Again, very early in the season. Another one that I wanted to pass along, no Pistons player has more than six assists in a game this year, and the team is 28th in the league with 20.2 assists per game. That's one of the coach's favorite stats, and maybe a little bit more old school, the counting numbers that uh, we talk about, but... The Pistons, even though they're scoring quite a bit, the assists aren't there. So we know that Blake Griffin's doing a lot of work one-on-one. And we know that the point guard position is one for the Pistons that is very non-traditional as well. We know about Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson getting a lot of minutes together so far. So neither of those guys are isolated as the main point guard playing 30-plus minutes as the only main point guard in the offense. So it's coming from a lot of different places, which is part of the no individual getting over six assists per game so far, or six assists in any game so far this year. Other reasons for that is uh, a lot of the starters being out against the Boston Celtics when you're getting run by that team quite a bit, and the Pistons have gone through some droughts as well. So, and we know that Reggie Jackson's another player who isolates quite a bit. So some of the offense that the Pistons run is conducive to maybe not getting as many assists as some of the other teams out there thinking at teams like the uh, Houston Rockets who are penetrating with James Harden quite a bit. And then uh, Russell Westbrook who has the ball in his hands so much, of course, his assist numbers are going to be up. So some of that's explainable, but it's another number to keep an eye on and maybe see if Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson and, or I should say, um, are able to shake loose and, and get a bunch of helpers some games soon. And we will have chances to check that out this week as the Pistons, as we know, the second game of a back-to-back on Tuesday night in Boston. And I'm sorry, the second game of a home-and-home home on Tuesday night in Boston. The second game of a back-to-back will be Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Brooklyn uh, the, is the second of that back-to-back. So second of a home-to-home Tuesday, second of a back-to-back on Wednesday. And the Pistons will continue on to Philly on Saturday night. So it seems like they're just playing the same teams over and over again that they've played this year. They will return home to Little Caesars Arena next week for a game against the Miami Heat at home on Monday before taking the road for two more at Orlando on Wednesday and then at Atlanta on Friday. So there are some winnable games on the horizon after this tough stretch, especially this week. So we'll see how those go for the Pistons. But again, on Tuesday we'll begin the start of a 5-6 in six away from home. So that's going to be a tough stretch for the Pistons, and we'll see what Dwayne Casey's team is made of early on after getting a little bit of a cupcake schedule so far to pad that 4-1 and one start to the season. But up next we're going to talk about Blake Griffin, his game on Saturday, and what the Celtics did against him and what the Pistons should watch out for on Tuesday and also with other against other teams going forward this year. But the Pistons on the road this week, but we know that they will be back home soon. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events 
you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers who sign up for the app to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. You don't have to worry about that. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, had a good time on Friday night at the Luke Bryan concert in Ford Field. Saw Sam Hunt as well. That's right, I'll go to a country concert every now and then, have a good time there as well. So you should do the same. Get out, take the old lady out, take your friends out, get some drinks, have a good time at the shows, the theater downtown, the symphony, all that good stuff that you want to see. And, of course, the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Lions, the Detroit Lions. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get you to your favorite live event. And, folks, I will see you at Little Caesars Arena this season. Now, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about Tyron Lue getting canned by the Cleveland Cavaliers in a surprise move. But first, Blake Griffin, we talked about him at length last week, and rightfully so, about his great start to the season. And Griffin came into Saturday night's game against the Celtics, averaging 33.8 points per game, which is completely ridiculous. Obviously, a great start for the big man from Oklahoma for the Detroit Pistons. Came after the 50-point effort on Tuesday in the overtime win against the Philadelphia 76ers. Blake struggled from the get-go on Saturday. He missed his first seven shots, including a handful from three-point range as well. He finished with seven points on two of 13 shooting in the game for the Pistons. Brad Stevens, the coach of the Celtics, the well-renowned coach and well-respected coach around the league of the Boston Celtics. He went to Jalen Brown before the game and asked if Brown would be comfortable going head-to-head with Griffin. Obviously, Griffin outweighing Brown and out-strengthening Brown, if that uh, makes sense, by several muscles, I guess. And uh, But by the way, stop right there. It's nice to have a guy on the Detroit Pistons that warrants those kind of conversations, by the way. Do you think that there were a lot of conversations about, um, hey, um, do you think you want to go up against Charlie Villanueva tonight? Do you think you can handle... Uh, ben Gordon uh, tonight. If uh, if we go send you up against him, it, it, do you think that Josh Smith is someone that you could deal with tonight if we threw you up against him? But anyway, Brown deed up uh, Blake Griffin quite a bit, pretty well um, during the game. Uh, but the biggest problem was that the Pistons weren't getting some calls early, fell behind to the Celtics, which is something you don't want to do, and just got out of what they were doing pretty early in the game. And when I say not getting calls, I don't necessarily mean that there were clear and obvious calls that were missed against Blake Griffin and the Pistons, more so that there were chances for the refs to blow the whistle, and they didn't. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, refs set the you know the tone of the game early on. They call certain things. They don't call a lot of other things. Sometimes Blake Griffin gets a lot of calls because of who he is and the way he – uh, draws those fouls the way the thumb of theatrics, maybe you want to call it, although I think that's maybe a little bit too harsh of a word for just the way you react when you are fouled. There's a skill there that um, that you don't want to look like you're someone who flops. You don't want to get that reputation, but you do want to draw contact. You do want to draw attention to that contact as well. And of those three early plays that I'm thinking of, that Blake Griffin, you know, definitely had contact on him. Uh, maybe maybe only one of them was a clear foul that was missed. The others were. 
you know, certainly things that could have been called by a different officiating crew or maybe on a different play in this game. And that could have changed the complexion of the early going for the Pistons and the Celtics on Saturday night at Little Caesars Arena. Now, again, the Pistons lost by 20. They were down by nearly 30 for much of the second half. So I don't want to overstate things. But falling behind 12 early to the Celtics is a pretty big death sentence, especially for a team that struggled to shoot on Saturday night like the Pistons did. And as the Celtics kind of get rolling downhill offensively and get into the groove that they've been kind of waiting all season to get into. And as foul trouble, by the way, accumulates for one of your other main guys, your other main guy in uh, Andre Drummond um, on the other end, and that, that, that compl- complicates things as well. And as mentioned, Drummond getting into foul trouble early through the game plan kind of out of sorts as well, given that Coach Casey knew that the numbers against Andre Drummond had the big game in Boston last year against the Celtics was the main reason that they were able to pull that upset on the road early in the season there. And so, you know, lots of double teams as well against Blake Griffin in addition to Jalen Brown doing a a pretty good job offensively against him. We saw the need with some of those double teams for guys like Reggie Bullock to start hitting some shots from deep. So Luke Kennard will be missed over the next few weeks as he's dealing with a shoulder injury that's got him out three or four weeks if you haven't heard that news. By the way, right now we got Bullock at 20% from three-point range. you got Langston Galloway at 15% from three-point range. Those are two main guys that need to be and will be better. Uh, the question is how much better that they will be as the season kind of gets rolling here. And on the other side, though, to be fair, obviously Blake at 56% from three and Ish Smith at 47% from three. Those things won't continue either for the Pistons. But the concerning part is that the Pistons still haven't, and with all Blake you know, up and mostly up, certainly mostly up, of last week and, and then down a little bit on Saturday, they still haven't solved or even come close to solving the biggest question coming into the season, and that is what are you going to do with Andre Drummond when Blake is out there? And I don't mean that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't pose that as a tandem of what you do with Blake and Andre because it's, it's Andre that has to adjust to Blake Griffin being the best offensive player out there. It's Andre that has to – or it's Casey that has to find ways for Andre to be effective. When he's out there, it can't be all free flow right now. That's not working for Andre Drummond. You can't be posting him up too much. Although he, you know, to his credit, he he did get some baskets against Boston there. But um, and hopefully he's not a, a, just a glorified rim runner because I think there's more there. I think we saw that last year that there's more there with Andre Drummond as an offensive player. But there's no easy answer. You know, there's nothing staring at us in the face that needs to be going on that isn't, and it's going to make Coach Casey's job difficult throughout the season. What makes it even more important that they figure something out is that the roster is so top-heavy. And I know if you're a big Pistons fan, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But you can't be taking your second-best player and making him a role player uh, right away off the bat. You just can't do it. It's the reason, really, it's, it's the reason why there's a little bit of helplessness here if you're a Pistons fan coming into the season, even now, which feels weird to say at 4-1, and one, but that ceiling is still right there, isn't it? Isn't that ceiling right there if that question isn't solved? And it's the way that you kind of feel uneasy about things even after the great 4-1 and one start to the season. But anyway, Lockdown NBA, it never went away, and it is still here for you every day. Lockdown NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories, and then stay with Lockdown NBA all week long with daily 30-minute podcasts on everything going on in the NBA. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. We also got new guests as well, Sam Amick of The Athletic and Ben Golliver of Sports Illustrated. Just good stuff daily from Locked on NBA. But up next, we're going to talk about Tyron Lue getting canned by the Cleveland Cavaliers, a divisional rival. I have some thoughts on that. And that's next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked on Network, your team every day. <laughs> I, thought, I thought our fight was there. I thought a lot of guys competed. They fight. Um, they fought hard. Um, just to, you know, the... Um, 
the room for air, and, and it's just so so slim with us right now. So when you're supposed to box out, box out. When you're supposed to switch, switch. You know, just the small things we got to continue to keep getting better at, and it's gonna come with time. You know, especially with a lot of young guys playing, understand what we're trying to do. Um, but like you said, for, for the most part, I was really pleased with our fight and what we try to do. Nope. That's it, says Dan Gilbert, and that was Tyron Liu on Thursday night after losing to the Detroit Pistons, what turned out to be his second-to-last game as the Cavaliers coach took that team to the finals the last three straight years and ended up winning the first NBA championship in that city's history in a long time. I saw a great tweet that compared the fact that he was hired at about the same time, maybe a couple weeks different from Hugh Jackson um, in, uh, in Cleveland, the Browns coach, and... Hugh Jackson is uh, the losingest coach of all time, winning percentage in the NFL, and Tyron Lue went to three NBA Finals and now shown the door after the 0-6 start to the season. I'm also taken back to the locker room from Thursday night when Kyle Korver was talking about just how hard it is uh, to play point guard in the NBA and uh, talking about Colin Sexton and how he kind of had a nice little night on Thursday and just how many things you have to keep track of and how things are. Now you're going to throw the fact that he went a, tr- a whole training camp with Tyron Lue, now he's going to have an interim coach, which sounds like it's going to be Larry Drew taking over the former NBA coach there. And then I'm assuming that sooner rather than later, hopefully there's another head coach in place for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we're talking about changing systems yet again for a rookie point guard who's going to not have a training camp to, to deal with that. And who knows when the permanent head coach is going to come in and what kind of changes are going to be thrown into the offense and defensive systems for that. So really, and this is Dan Gilbert. This is Dan Gilbert's fingerprints all over it. He's a volatile guy, yeah, and we know that. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think um, I wouldn't be alone, and in my opinion, I'm skeptical about Dan Gilbert on all facets, by the way, and I know that's maybe a, an anti-Detroit thing to say. In some ways, I just don't quite get it with that company and, and how, it, again, I'm not even going to get into it. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of things, a million things that I don't understand about the mortgage business. But um, anyway, uh, at the risk of getting kicked out of my home state, of Michigan here, you know Dan Gilbert is uh, he's eccentric. He'll do things, um, you know, he's rash. He does things that, that um, maybe without thinking first. The LeBron James letter when he left for Miami comes to mind there. I know that Dan Gilbert was at the game Thursday night. By the way, he walked right by me as I was courtside uh, for the Associated Press. So obviously, the, I think this is, came right from the top, and I think that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a little bit of a mess right now, sounding like that maybe they're going to sit down Kevin Love for extended time as he deals with that foot soreness that kept him out of Thursday night's game. And I think we can cr- certainly cross off the Cleveland Cavaliers as being any kind of contender in the Eastern Conference. We already knew that, but I don't think they're a playoff contender either. And uh, just, again, I want to remind you folks that it was like 10 days ago that two of the hosts of the Central Division um, uh, teams of the Lockdown Podcast Network sat on this show and told you that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers would finish above the Detroit Pistons in the Central Division standings so far. And then my buddy Jason, by the way. What's up, Jason? Thanks for listening. And uh, looking forward to you buying that round of drinks. Um, We might make it a few round of drinks for how badly you're going to get beaten in this bet. As far as that, and I gave you three and a half games, or two and a half games actually, but the, the win totals for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Detroit Pistons. So we'll see how that goes as you know how a team actively tanking uh, and as part of that bet. So uh, again, I, I thought Tyru, Ty, Tyron Lue got screwed. Um, 
not really known as a great coach throughout the league. I've talked about some of the issues with that as it pertains to, um, you know, really, to be honest, the, the race situation. I think that a lot of times uh, they're kind of boxed in as these certain types of coaches. And I know that uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, Tyron Lue kind of does fall into maybe some of those uh, boxes as far as being a guy who relates well to the players. You saw uh, he's a younger guy. He played in the league only a few, only a handful of years ago, and we saw the guys on social media, the Kevin Loves, the J.R. Smiths, um, a couple others that don't that I can't come to think of right now. But, but they sent off you know nights tributes to to Tyron Lue and thanking him for their time in Cleveland. But you know it was obviously that that was LeBron James that was running the show there, running the organization there, and really if LeBron James had never showed up at the Cleveland Cavaliers, you just kind of wonder what that organization would be like. Uh, since that time in 2002, if if the Memphis Grizzlies won the uh, the lottery, the famous Darko lottery in 2003, and got LeBron James to come there, and maybe shudder at the thought, but maybe LeBron James goes to Cleveland, or I'm sorry, the Darko Milicic goes to Cleveland instead, or something like that happens, and what that franchise would look like right now if it weren't for a kid from Akron who kind of uh, lifted, not kind of, who definitely lifted up that franchise for many years. But still, we're not gonna we're not gonna cry for Tyron Louis still getting paid off very nicely. And he's got a nice little resume to go into future endeavors down the road, whether that be on the sidelines, which you would hope. And you would think that at some point he'll pop up as a head coach in the NBA sometime, or maybe whatever path he chooses in professional basketball or otherwise. So good luck to coach Lou and um, good luck to Cleveland Cavaliers fans. who might be listening to the Lockdown Pistons podcast who might be in for a little bit of a long season with that team at the mistake by the Malake. But anyways, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Lockdown Pistons Twitter feed. Check out the Facebook page, Lockdown Pistons dash match. Give us a rating and review on iTunes as well. Also, Pistons coming back to Detroit next week. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off orders of $200 or more if you are a new customer. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater in more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off, orders of $200 or more. If you are a new customer, make a memory. I promise you, you always have a good time when you go out. You never regret that money that you spent, and you're going to save a little money when you use Vivid Seats. But make that memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event, and I will see you at Little Caesars Arena this season. This is your host, Matt Shook, saying thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, and have a great start to the week, everyone.